Welcome to Beat It Movie Reviews. I'm Guy with a hentai phone wallpaper, Joe Cabello, and this is 3D printed Glock, Chris Asoda. What's up, Chris? Hey, what up? Kaching, and you just heard Queenie Pie by Davis I.L. That's our theme song. Go check out Davis I.L. on the internet. He has some great music out there. We're yeah. going to review. You better believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. Easy there, squirt word. We're going to be talking about The Sadness today, which is a movie that just came out on Shudder, uh, a Mandarin language film. So it's very violent is what it's and so, And as. from the title, surprisingly, does not star Casey Affleck. Casey <laughs> And why is he so sad? Well, <laughs> we're busting out the Casey Affleck impression early today. If you're a fan <laughs> of the show, you've heard it, and it's going to come out more later. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to talk about that. But we've been watching some stuff this week. I'll kick it off to you, Chris, to ask me what I've been watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What have you been watching, Joe? <laughs> uh, let's do it. I'll actually, I'm going to talk a lot about. Shinya Tsukamoto's movies today because he's a director of uh, Tetsuo, which is one of my favorite movies I, I've talked to on, talked about on the show in the past. Uh, but I bought a box set of, I think it was eight of his movies more than that, actually, because some of the discs have like short films and stuff of okay. his. It's like uh, a Blu-ray collection. Yeah. Blu-ray collection from sick. Arrow video. They do sick um, like, box sets and blu-ray releases and stuff so there's a bunch of commentaries and interviews on it too uh because i love tetsuo and i've seen tetsuo one and two but i've never gotten into his other movies and i he's been i think he's directed maybe 20 movies something like that his most recent even just a couple years ago Uh, so this guy's been working i'm like holy shit i if you've seen tetsuo which is kind of a baffling artsy chaotic movie uh cyberpunk movie that where a man gets essentially infected and starts growing metal pieces on him and there's three of those movies but that movie is just crazy if you've seen that then you're like what how does this guy direct other movies uh so the first one i'll talk about is tokyo fist which is described as a boxing horror movie just by people who have watched it. And I'd say that's pretty accurate. It's about a guy who gets his wife leaves him or cheats on him with a boxer. And then he decides to go train too. That way he can be tough and maybe even beat the guy up. Um, But there's a little bit more to it than that too. But it's, it's super violent. Like people get punched and there's like explosions of blood and gore and oh that's sick really fucked up um frenetic like his movies his soundtracks that he uses and the music it's as distinct as like how carpenter's movies always have like a distinct but it's like chaos it's so much like like always that speed okay just like constant cowbells getting ding 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 it's crazy yeah and that's how this movie is uh as well it just has that frenetic energy and um the boxing scenes are just sick like just a bunch of guys in a sweaty gym just hitting bags as hard as they can as that music just goes (laughs) (laughs) it's a really sick movie it's one of those ones i'd rather people go check out i think it Definitely has that uh, Shinya Tsukamoto flair that's really weird. Like, I don't think everybody would like Tetsuo. That movie is, uh-huh. like, kind of hard to follow and fucked up. But I do think Tokyo Fist, anybody could get around, especially if you like boxing movies, absolutely. And if you like um, just any type of action movie that's gory. It's it, so- it sounds like it's uh, the precursor to Drive My Car. Clearly. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's his brother. That guy's uh, <laughs> brother. They have a bad luck in their family. Uh, but yeah, Tokyo Fist. I I got it on these Blu-rays, but uh, I'm not sure where you could find it. Maybe on Plex. I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I do see it on sale on uh, Target. 
you get the collection there. Yeah, well worth it. And I'll talk about some more of his movies, but so far it's been uh, hits. Chris, what have you been watching? Uh, I watched a couple movies this week. Um, Lucky. <laughs> I watched, I did watch uh, online with the. Uh, I've never heard of that like one. On a Twitch stream. Online? I watched The Fifth Element. Oh, the classic. Yeah. 1997. So Fifth Element. Uh, learned learned a couple new trivia pieces about that movie. Um, you know, the director, Luc Besson, he wrote The Professional before. Mm-hmm. And he said that he loosely based that on his the meeting of his wife. Oh, yeah. There's like creepy. Who was like that. 15 when he was 31. And yeah. uh, so, and I guess he like wanted to do love scenes in that movie and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they like told him no. Yeah, they like, they're like, fuck no, we're not doing that. Uh, but yeah, so the crazy part is then in this movie, um, his wife was the woman who plays the blue alien opera singer. Oh. And also during that. this movie, he was having an affair with Mila Jovovich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man i mean so, pretty wild he is who he is <laughs> uh yeah yeah so it's uh, a solid fun movie i got to see it yeah. right before the pandemic started in theaters oh really like they had like a re-release thing mm-hmm. they were doing like a fun that's awesome it's always cool to see those old classics in theaters again especially a big one like this you know like yeah. the, it is a big sci-fi movie and say what you will about Luke Besson, but he does fun stuff with uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Definitely. And with women, I guess. <laughs> uh, the dude is smooth. Uh, and that was uh, with a t- Twitch streamer, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, which is part of the reason why it's fun is because you do have like these side conversations with all this trivia and stuff, you know, while you're watching it. You're like, oh, yeah. shit. Especially if it's not your first time watching it. It's, it's a nice experience that way. Because then you don't have to worry about like, oh, shut up! I'm missing this important scene. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you and you know I like that because uh, Joe Bob. Oh yeah, the last drive-in, which I'm gonna. It's a really good transition for you to talk about some of those Luke Besson stories to the movie uh, that Joe Bob showed, or one of them that he showed this Friday. I actually oh, really yeah. liked. It's a movie called The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane. And it's got a stacked cast, Jodie Foster and Martin Sheen. And it's about Jodie Foster is a 13-year-old who lives alone in a small town and is kind of leading a double secret double life. And a pedophile starts to try and get her. And this movie is really strange. Uh, Joe Bob usually shows horror movies. And it Uh has a lot of horror elements, but it's... It's strange that it's just kind of about like young independence and just young people. Uh, Joe Bob was describing it as being about uh, young people's rights because at the time that this movie was made, that was like a topic of discussion. Uh, um, and essentially, the the movie Martin Sheen plays the pedophile uh-huh. incredibly well. Uh, the first scene of the movie, it goes right into it. She's at her house and Martin Sheen wearing a trench coat comes to the door and just like starts asking tons of questions being like, is your father home? I know your father. Let me inside. Oh, what are you doing? Are you alone here? Like just being really Uh, creepy. And he's saying like, my kids are trick or treating. They're going to come here. Um, You know, do you have a treat for me? Things like that. And luckily the kids actually do come. He wasn't lying about that maybe that's kind of creepier um but it just like that's the first scene or within the first and you're just like what the fuck where is this movie going if this guy's already doing something um but the movie gets even more intense (laughs) It's it's a little creepy in so many ways of how the main character is this 13 year old but you have a pedophile coming after she has this love interest with the older teenager. Um, and there's even a nude scene. 
where they use a camera trick to make it look like 13-year-old Jodie Foster gets naked and you're seeing her full back and like some side boob and then gets in the bed with the guy. Then the camera moves, like pans off of her for, of course, like uh-huh. the body double to switch out with her under the blankets. Okay. And then goes, Jesus. and it's just like, it, I'm like, this yeah. feels illegal first off for this scene to exist. And I guess it did cause a lot of controversy and uproar. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's like, can you do that? <laughs> it's not allowed. Yeah. Uh, what the fuck? But That's the movie, crazy. even though that could surely turn off many and arguably should, but the yeah, movie hopefully. is really interesting. Just, the protagonist being this girl who's fully capable and it kind of being about how she can do everything the adults are doing, uh-huh. take care of herself, pay her bills, all these things, love, but they just won't let her do it. They're like, everybody's thinking they need to stop her from. So they, they don't let her do anything besides have a nude scene. <laughs> yes. With Great. her magician boyfriend um so yeah i mean it's as far as weird movies go not a lot of movies get made like this yeah it's like i mean this came out in what 1976 it says yeah but it's interesting because it's like this is like if uh kevin McAllister had like really shitty parents that just were like fuck it we're never going back there yeah and then he just lived on his own and was like kept up the lie of like oh yeah my parents are inside yeah somehow for a long period of time yeah that's crazy yeah it's really strange um but also captivating so i'll Mm -hmm. give it that but don't watch this movie on an airplane (laughs) um what else you've been watching uh i watched um the i watched actually both of the evil deads evil dead one and two oh so the same movie you watched yeah yeah i did i i actually I thought I like pressed play on the same movie at first. I was like, wait, what did I? Oh no, I did. It's his other movie. Um, Although technically a sequel, the second one. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Cause you had watched them recently too, right? Yeah. Like like within a year. Yeah. Yeah. I was just curious, like, cause part of the reason I watched it is cause the, a new evil dead game came out this last Friday. Oh, cool. And uh, I was just curious and I hadn't seen, I think I saw the Evil Dead movies when I was like a kid, so I like barely remember them in bits and pieces. And I think it's just two that I remembered, mm-hmm. if anything. But yeah, and uh, what is the thing that links the first and second one? Because it seems like it's just straight up a redo with like a more interesting story. Yeah. So where what... it like it can't be that he just goes to the same cabin again, right? So the part in two, the beginning, like. I want to say anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, That's all the recap of what happened in the first movie. Right. But, but but without all the other characters. Yeah. It's like just him and his girlfriend instead of the other cast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they couldn't, uh, it was a different studio or something that did the second one. So they couldn't get the Uh footage. Okay. From the first movie to put that in. Okay. It's something like that. And then, so they basically just like the movie starts a real for real about as a sequel, 20, 15, 20 <laughs> minutes in. And then yeah. it's like, Hey, as if at the end, I'm might have this kind of fucked up, but I forget how evil dead one ends, but it's like bad, right? Like it's, yeah. It ends it with like him, ended. like, thinking he's gonna leave but he can't yeah so then the second one starts after that yeah okay i see so it's like it is kind of like its own retelling of it that's also completely different in a way like he ends in the same place but all the other character interactions he has with the other characters that die yeah it's like oh there were no friends but don't really matter yeah because i think that's yeah and that's funny because i always hear people are like you know, just watch two. You don't even need to watch one. It's it's just like a redo of one. And then I was like, okay, but what does that actually mean? And then now watching it, I'm like, oh, it's like 
they remake one in the first 10 minutes. Mm. I, and I feel like if someone told me that, I would be able to skip it much, much more easily. But yeah. it, it is funny that they also called it Evil Dead 2 when they could just have named it like Evil Dead something something. But I guess it's in the 80s, so they don't. Yeah, they didn't I, really realize that they could do that. They really did want to make a sequel, from what I understand. So it's that was important yeah. to them. It just is really weird how it comes across. I think there's value in seeing both. If you uh-huh. like either one, there's value in seeing both, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just to see how far it goes from the first movie's practical effects to what they could do with more money, much more money. Yeah. Although I still think the first one, like, it looks crazy. Like, it, everything sells at the very yeah. least. Yeah, um, but also very frenetic and crazy, like Shinya Sukamoto and um, uh, what's his name? Sam Raimi would have a fun time having lunch together. Oh, yeah, for sure. It just never stops with those movies. Yeah. And the, the, so that's the, so they're they're both fun. But I think the thing about those movies is like as a kid, I definitely watched Army of Darkness the most. Mm-hmm. that and like multiple times and i feel like the uh the evil dead show that they made is like the perfect iteration of all those things where right, you watch the like old post- ones and you're like this is like kind of cheesy and that's the fun of it but it's it's not like up to speed like 100% of like what it needs to be I feel like and the, with the show and I felt like it like perfectly encapsulated everything great about it and not anything like that seemed like crappy about it yeah well what we want is ash in the store murking the ghouls yeah like yeah, that's what heights. we want we like the post ash yeah like, once like, he's fully who he was yeah, 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 and even three or um, not three, but we'll call it three, isn't mm-hmm. quite that because mm-hmm. he's still like, you know, and that's also funny is that in three, it is also the same where in two it ends in a certain way, and then three, it redoes the yeah. ending of two <laughs> again, but in there in a different variation of it to where he's like similarly put in a in a place that's medieval mm-hmm. but in a completely different setting again yeah it's true and a lot of like the story beats and like creatures that are dealt with in it are the uh-huh. same oh yeah or like yeah. somewhat similar like mm-hmm. they're mirrors to it so i'm actually not a huge fan of the first two or the third is fun but i think it still like leaves a lot for me i appreciate them yeah. but i don't know they just didn't quite get me uh-huh yeah did you ever watch the uh the show the series i never watched the series no okay i watched the first two seasons but uh it, it is definitely excellent i need to finish it but it's like yeah like like we've already said it, it's totally like what you want from it all of that which is mm-hmm. like the best parts and it's like it's purest form but yeah Cool. Uh, I'll move on to another uh, movie from the old Shinya Sukamoto. I watched the third Tetsuo movie. I haven't seen it at all. I watched the first and second, like I mentioned earlier, but the third one is called Tetsuo Bullet, the Bullet Man. And it came out in 2009 compared to, I think uh, Tetsuo one was 1989. And then the second one was mid nineties. Um, it's stranger because it's English language and it's an American actor in the main role and a bunch of American actors in it. Cause uh, I, I guess Shinya Tsukamoto Suk- just was like, wanted to make a, a English language film. And he, he also oddly thought that because it was going to be essentially an American film, uh, he thought it needed to be more violent. He's like, oh, shit, they're going to need it to be more violent. That's what they want. <laughs> uh, so strange just to see how that, because I think we can generally see Japanese films as being incredibly violent. Yeah. You know, a lot of the ones that at least come over here, but I think maybe that's telling of a lot of the stuff that's been sent over here, or at least that we've 
focused yeah. on you know like chainsaw yeah. leg girl and shit like that yeah uh the third one is the most like straightforward almost superhero or like anti-hero movie because uh-huh. essentially this it gives a backstory to the tetsuo transformation his oh, okay. father um I, actually i think what ends up happening in it is his mom is dying before he's born and his father's a scientist or they're both scientists forgive me they're both scientists and the mother gets cancer so she says hey honey i want you to build a cyborg version of me and get it pregnant so she dies okay he builds a cyborg version of her he gets it pregnant and then uh the baby she has the baby and then the cyborg version goes offline and uh that's him so he has these powers of being <laughs> having metal Half turning machine. into metal yeah and it's, it's kind of like titan dude yeah he could be like the titan titan baby for sure um, but it's basically he just like flips out and then metal tumors grow all over him. So he looks fucked up, like not a cool superhero, <laughs> kind of like how the uh, thing uh-huh. theoretically should look and feel like, oh, really oh, gross. Yeah. Like, it's horrible that that happened to you. Yeah. And then he just shoots bullets out of him from everywhere. <laughs> awesome. He just goes insane. And uh, he does have a bullet arm, like a gun arm. But to fire it, it's weird. He has to, like, punch his own hand. So it never seems like he's going to hit his target at all because he's like, (laughs) has to hit his hand so hard. Um, But it just is kind of a straightforward, oh, you got powers. Oh, you learned why. Now you stop the guy who's trying to uh, destroy the world or whatever. Yeah. And number two is sort of like that two in a little bit of ways but it's more of just a revenge movie and number one is just chaos so it's a little disappointing as far as a tetsuo movie um but it also the the end is very nice and different from what we've seen before in tetsuo movies so i would say if you're a fan watch it for um the catharsis but you're not going to love it as much as the other ones it kind of reminded reminded me of Tremors Seven, <laughs> where it was like, <laughs> "What a stupid thing to even <laughs> say," uh, but where it was kind of a send off to the series in a way. Okay, even if the movie was just okay, but that's Tetsuo the Bullet Man, and that's that's playing on Plex for free right now. So that's how I saw it. Oh, cool. Plex. Um, it looks like uh, googling it or. Pu- Looking it up on YouTube, it looks like Nine Inch Nails did the main theme song for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Also, is that movie only an hour and ten minutes? Yeah, it was like an hour and ten, hour twenty. And all his movies are not longer than an hour and a half. Some of them are like 60 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. It makes them so sick. And I don't think you could handle his (laughs) movies for that long. And it's not uh-huh. even like that they're gory or fucked up, and they are, but it's not uh-huh. even that. It's just like he beats your senses with yeah, with the, the that movie. music being so intense. I'd imagine it's yeah, and the editing exhausting, the colors and shaky cam. Oh yeah, odd angles. It's like all of it is really um, not even like hard to watch, but taxing. It's a roller coaster ride. Uh, it's one of those uh, dragon roller coaster rides that they have at fairs. That's really small, <laughs> except uh, while you're riding it, a guy is welding parts of it off. <laughs> uh, what else you been watching? Um, I did watch the new, or I watched the other uh, old classic, Top Gun, in preparation for. Uh, in like two weeks when uh, the new one comes out. Nice. I watched about the first hour of it last night. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sick. Or 40 minutes. Perfect. Yeah. What, how was your rewatch? Um, pretty much exactly how I remembered it for the most part. 
but uh it's cool it's it's just like a really fun 80s movie where i think the best part of it is the music oh i mean every time highway to the danger zone comes on even is like this movie this song should be over and i'm i want it to happen every time yeah yeah it's it's funny how you know people who haven't seen it are just like oh it's a movie about like dudes in fighter jets fighting and it's like well they actually don't really fight at all until uh the very end of the movie yeah there's like a thing that sort of happens at the beginning which is still a tense scene but it's not like a yeah. fighting scene yeah yeah they're they're students <laughs> yeah they're just learning uh and then they actually have a combat scenario at the end yeah so it's just a a fun old school movie that is iconic in a lot of ways, but it's not like the greatest movie ever made or anything like that. It's just like very classic and nothing has really tried to mimic this movie, you know, in terms of like the types of vehicles, you know, it's like you could do like fast and furious is Mm -hmm. like the, the next evolution of what this, this was, but not too many dogfighting movies. Yeah. Especially that are good. Yeah, very hard I to do. The last couple that have come out have been like awful. Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle 2. Iron Eagle 3. Iron Eagle 4. And Iron Eagle 5. <laughs> there are five. Are those all movies Iron you've Eagle seen? Movies. I've never heard of those. You've never seen? You've seen Iron Eagle. You have had to have seen Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle is about a kid who lives on a... Um, air force base and his dad gets captured over enemy ground so he works with an old like pilot mechanic to secretly fix up a airplane and have the kid fly into like (laughs) pakistan air airways and rescue his dad maybe you know i probably did see this as a kid but it must have just been like on cable because yeah you have to check out iron eagle it's so stupid (laughs) <laughs> and also amazing it's like it's not as good as top gun but it's better than top gun yeah that that's the one but uh I, you know what i will give it credit for i was like i'm gonna put it on because i know i want to rewatch this but i don't think i'm gonna finish this tonight i'm just gonna watch like a small bit of it and uh-huh. put it on and i thought like 20 minutes had passed and then it had been like 45 minutes of the movie <laughs> so i will say something about it really like keyed me in the the best part of it is um tom cruise having a relationship with his teacher oh yeah it's it's like the coolest part of it You're it's like, oh, gundam she, 0083 like... <laughs> uh that series is so much like top gun that it's kind of wonderful. I think that is by design. Yeah. Oh, you know, one of the other uh, great um, fighter jet movies, Stealth, with Jamie oh, yeah. Foxx and Jessica Biel. Classic, uh, classic terrible movie. <laughs> Very of its era. <laughs> um. Let's see. Anything else about the Top Gun? Um, Has it make you more excited for the uh, the new one coming up? Yeah, I just needed to re get a refresh on that volleyball scene. So you know when they that scene try to rules. Do, do it better, I can go. This isn't better. Val Kilmer's not here. This isn't better. Yeah, I I wonder. I, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a way, of course, to do like, hey, let's do our volleyball scene or whatever. Uh-huh. But I wonder if they'll just be better than that. Like, where they're like, oh, we're not worried about like redoing the movie's beats and winks. We just actually want to make like a movie that would be as good as Top Gun. That's a sequel to Top Gun. Yeah. You know, it's another thing that's funny about the movie is like the coolest part of the movie is just everyone's nicknames. <laughs> Everyone having nicknames. Yeah. You're like, oh, sick. It sick. automatically makes characters cooler. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like has been lost on movies until like 
all the Marvel stuff and superhero movies kind yeah. of have that. But like, if you have a movie where everyone has a nickname and it's not superheroes, it's always going to be good because of that. Yeah. Maverick, Goose, Iceman. Yeah. And then I think the only other thing I would say about it is Val Kilmer was in it way less than I was expecting. But I think Anthony Edwards as Goose in it is is like the best character, I think. Like yeah, he's like for sure. j- legit funny and goofy. And I was like, I don't remember this, but this is sick. This this is really cool. And a good guy. Yeah. Just a great friend. I, I think it's funny how in the movie they're always like, Maverick, you're too dangerous. And he's mm-hmm. like, Fuck you. That's what that's my power. And then his fucking partner dies and he's yeah. like, I guess I was too dangerous. And, and then they're like, yeah, but it's okay that you're too dangerous, even though you got your partner. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't his fault technically, but still. Yeah. When you're Just, dangerous, everything's your fault. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's it for uh top gun. All right, cool. And uh, the final uh, Shinya Tsukamoto movie I watched was the killing. Or it might just be Killing, and it's a samurai movie. And this one he made a couple years ago, I think maybe 2018. Okay. And uh, it's about a, a young samurai who's just uh, is a ronin, doesn't have any master, and he's just helping out farmers. And he comes across a older samurai who's looking to go and join some fighting that's happening, and then kind of gets wrapped up in the older guy's violence and shit like that. And if I don't, I don't watch or know a lot about samurai movies, but this Uh seemed like a very awesome one that also really plays on the, the, it's kind of like doing what I thought Northman would do as far as like picking apart the myth of being this like manly role and this really like destructive role and saying like, what is this? What are you doing this for? Like, uh-huh. do you just want to kill? Like you're kind of fucking up life because you can't handle peacetime. Yeah. Um, and so really cool movie. It has less of the Shinya Tsukamoto flair, which is also cool to see that he can do just a quiet movie. Okay, uh, yeah. And it's also just like an hour and 20 minutes as well, maybe an hour and 10, um, but super quiet, but still has kind of his little bit of weirdness and um, poetry to it. Uh, so I really liked it. I would watch it again with people. If there, if I knew a friend who was like, I love su- samurai movies, I'd be like, well, we're going to pop this in. See so yeah, you like this one. Um, that's Killing by Shinya Tsukamoto. He's killing it. that's what they can call the sequel (laughs) killing it the college years (laughs) well what else you've been Um, watching yeah so i I basically watched one other thing this week which was just the new episode of barry another new ep oh nice i did Um, watch it as well oh yeah okay yeah so one thing that i think is funny is like in the last episode before this one he like yelled he like screams at his girlfriend at her place of work. Yeah. And it's like so crazy, but then they take it like it's not a big deal except for like the other characters that are there. Yeah, or one other, really. Yeah, just one, I guess. And it's what was funny is cuz like it happens and I was like that seems like really inappropriate and and fucked up, but the people that are in the relationship don't notice, realize yeah. that, I guess, which is like part of like fucked up relationships. But then in, in the in the next episode, it's like a character just mentions it to the girlfriend, and then she's like, "Well, you're right, and I'm done." Well, and, so yeah, I I noticed how it was really subverting what I thought was going to happen, uh-huh. which is just her to be like fire the girl or oh yeah do what yeah. do whatever and stay with barry and and all that because uh, that would be like the more dramatic 
choice because then she's like either has to still work with this girl or fire her or whatever and it would make sense but um it was a little shocking that she broke up with him but i think she was feeling herself in that moment right yeah because she felt super on top of the world with her release of her new show and getting really good reviews and all that stuff yeah Uh, or movie i think it's isn't it a show it's a tv show yeah yeah but with her i just I don't know the the series. I don't know the season's like opinion on her, so it feels weird. Like I don't know if I'm rooting for her or if she's a douchebag. Which one, uh, the girlfriend or the, the girl that uh, the main okay. actor? Well, that's that's the thing with the show is it's always their relationship has always been really weird mm-hmm. on the show, and it feels like they both are together but they don't actually care about each other. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, we have some similar interests. We should just be together. And so I'm hoping that if they don't stay broken up, if they get back together, it's because they actually realize that they like each other and really actually appreciate each other. But yeah, that was like always been since the last two seasons, something that kind of confused me about the show was like, what's the point of this relationship other than to show that they don't care about each other? And Mm -hmm. I guess now it's finally going somewhere in that sense, which is cool. Yeah, and I do wonder what'll happen with between them if they're not together because I don't necessarily care about her life and career. Right, yeah, cuz her her story is not really central to what the show is about. It's called Barry, right? Yeah. So like, it's like this their way of getting her out her of out this of the show. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll do something more twisted where she finds out he's a murderer or he's something but like how much of that can they do too where it's like yeah. oh someone very close to find out he's a murderer like so. especially with like henry winkler's character already they're already doing that with his story yeah of him being like i'm out of here and they're like actually you gotta stay and he's like ah fuck yeah and then it's like they can't do that with her right after that too yeah exactly so i don't know yeah. if she's getting written out or what will happen with that but it did feel a little a little out of nowhere but i i still i just don't know if we were supposed to see her as like this girl boss awesome character this season uh-huh. or not well yeah cuz that's the thing is like her character always seems very fake too she's like she's not a she likable always... person yeah and and the reason she does the the sh- like it seems like her character is doing the show only because she thinks she should be and not because she actually believes mm-hmm. like that it's important. It's more like she feels she has to do it. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, because uh, as like on the outsider looking around, no, that's not it, the industry, like because I'm a writer, I know a little bit about like, what gets told you to do and whatnot. And a lot of that's like, Hey, write a personal story. That's has these elements to it. You know, if you have one and then not everybody wants to do that, Uh you know, but then it really connects because people do hear, Oh shit, you actually did work at this place or live that cool. Uh So I wonder if they are heading in a direction like that with her, where it is like, Oh, she just kind of like made a deal with the devil type of thing where now she has this success in the show, but it actually wasn't something she believes in, and that's going to eat away at her. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't get too much signs of that, but um, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, because it's like, it's a show about acting, too, but we kind mm-hmm. of, like, forget about that because that's not that hasn't been the interesting part because it's been so low-level acting. It was, like, just yeah. in a class. That's yeah. kind of more interesting than like, oh, let's see people try to book roles and, and stuff uh-huh. like that. Like, I get enough of that in my life. <laughs> I don't need that here. <laughs> well, you know, to balance it, you got to start killing more in your life. Yes. If I, if I kill one person, I could finance a film. Yeah. So, that's good. And you'll feel fulfilled like Barry does yeah. in this in last episode. I. It is a show I'm enjoying because it is, like, good, but I just don't even really know what part of it I like. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Oh, no, the totally. acting stuff? I don't really care about any of that. And, like, yeah, No Ho yeah. Hank is fun, but, like, I don't care about anything that's going on there. Yeah, and I, I think it really is, like, that it has been off the air for so long 
that like the ties to it have like dissipated and now I'm watching it and there's they're talking about like this character he killed that his family is now finding out and I'm like I don't even fucking remember that character like I feel bad that they had to wait so long and now that they're back it's like yeah I'm only here basically for Bill Hader at this point and being like I I do enjoy him but and everything's done well you know so it's like yeah you're not suffering through bad writing or, yeah, or bad, bad acting cinematography. Or bad, yeah. yeah. And it, it is kind of like, cause it is such a short episode that it is kind of like not enough meat to really cling on to when you watch it. It's like, it ends and you're like, wow, it's already over. Okay. Shit. I wish yeah. there's another episode. Another five minutes. I'll take another five minutes. Uh, cool. So that is Barry. Barry. Um, just one more thing before we get into our feature review. I went to the theater and watched Petite Maman. This oh, is nice. a movie from the director of uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I never saw, but you might know her from that. And They're good things. Th- yeah, this movie, it, the trailer seemed really, really interesting when I saw it. And it uh, was also like 77 minutes. So I was like, let's do this. This w- whole yeah. week has been like, Hey, I could see three movies if they're seventy minutes <laughs> instead of one movie that's two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, the math doesn't work there. <laughs> uh, but this is a movie. Uh, a young girl just loses her grandmother and is helping her parents clean out the mother's childhood home. And while exploring out in the woods, she meets a little girl her same age, and it's her mom. So it's kind of a time travel yeah you know what's funny is that i know i've seen the trailer the trailer doesn't really tell you what's going on Mm -hmm. it just kind of like shows images and then i've heard people talk about this movie and really liking it and saying i think you should just go into it blind and not know anything about it yeah and then i'm like but i know in french what that what the title is so i can kind of guess what the fuck is gonna is it's about and the trailer you're right that the trailer isn't like direct saying what the movie is about but with the yeah. title you're like yeah oh okay <laughs> yeah. i get I, I i agree with that because i also heard that from uh early reviews just online saying like oh go and blind if you can um but once i saw the trailer against my will because i was uh came up while i was watching another movie in the theater and i'm not gonna like close my eyes and plug my ears like a crazy person i watched it and was like okay but it's uh, it's really good. It feels like um, the length of it is like perfect for what it does, but it also feels a little too short or like the story feels a little too anemic to where I'm like, oh, this could have been a 25 minute short film, maybe. Yeah. OK. Um, that being said, it is really good. And I think it's like a important film that like if certain mothers and daughters or even just like children and their parents watch together could do some healing. And I think that's great. Anytime a movie can do that while being in itself, just a great movie. Um, So I would definitely recommend it. If you have trauma with a parent or with a child, I would watch it might unlock something in you. Um, but yeah, it felt a little bit like I wanted more, but there wasn't too much more to, to give. Like if you okay. added 20 minutes to it, it probably would have just like, Oh, let's add this like stupid, they fight and then they get back together. Like type of bullshit uh. where it's just like, okay, I didn't need it. So <laughs> at the same time, I appreciate, um, appreciate its brevity. I bet it's petite maman. It's out in limited run theaters right now, but. I think it's coming out on some streaming service soon enough. I think they got a distribution deal. Okay, sick. Yeah, because I, I, for some reason I had thought it was on digital already and looked up today and it's not. So I thought it was going to be because when I heard about it, might have even been as far back as last year. I thought they said, oh, it's coming out in March or something on digital. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I guess not. All right, cool. Well, that is Petite Maman. Means the small mom. For those of you keeping track. All right, let's get into our feature review of The Sadness. 
Uh, this is a movie directed and written by Rob Jabaz, a uh, Canadian filmmaker. So pretty awesome that he's here shooting uh, a Mandarin language film. A young couple trying to re- reunite amid a city ravaged by a plague that turns its victims into deranged, bloodthirsty sadists. Um, we've been excited about this one for a couple weeks, at least. And going into it, all I really knew was uh, the trailer I saw, which I thought was a good trailer as far as like not giving away more than yeah. it needed to. And just hearing people say gory, it's gory, gore, gore fest. Chris, what did you think of the sadness and its gore? Yeah, so um, I think that I really, really enjoyed this movie, and uh, <clears throat> the practical effects are, like, top-notch, I think. Yeah. All of it was, like, amazing. Um, I was worried that it was going to be, like, too graphic, but I guess the, the thing is, like, it wasn't graphic to the point where it was, like, the gore was too much for me. I think it was just that, like some of the some of the scenes were were graphic in a way that it like portrayed like mass murders in a way that that was terrifying like that's what mm. it was scary about it and it kind of like that that's part of that's why I like it so much is cuz like it's a horror movie where I, I've seen so many horror movies and I don't really give a shit about them in the way that i think like oh this is actually scary usually i don't think that at all Uh but yeah for this one i was like this is actually terrifying like i know that there's you know in other countries a lot of countries don't have guns and instead you know mass killings instead of shootings it'll be like with a knife and they'll yeah knife crime yeah they'll cut people and and try to kill as many people as they can and there's like a scene in this movie that's straight up like that, and it was, I was like, "Wow, this is like fucked up." Because this is it doesn't have to be a fucking fake zombie virus that caused this event. Yeah, and to be clear for uh, people who haven't seen it, it's imagine 28 days later, but if the zombies were as intelligent as they always were, and they're incredibly cruel. Yeah, so it's it's basically a virus that like makes you do the worst possible thing you can think of as yeah, just instead do of up stuff. It's like that's all you want to do and that's all you're interested in doing. And it's funny because um, there's actually a comic book that came out in 2008, I believe, called Crossed by Garth Ennis that is this exact uh, scenario. It's like a post-apocalyptic world mm. where this virus has come out. <clears throat> and uh, so I guess th- this movie is like loosely based on that same story. It, I'm not, I'm sorry, not the actual story, but like the idea the concept, of that yeah. virus. Yeah. It's uh, like a um, reverse, uh, the happening as well. Instead of hurting yourself, yeah. hurting others. Nice. Um, yeah, I also, uh, really liked this movie. It's, uh, I think the first kill takes place at a coffee shop or like a cafe. And that's when I knew I was in good hands Uh because it was just like great practical effect a nasty one. And, um, I was like, yeah, okay. If that's what you're doing, then this is going to be good. And uh, certainly a very fucked up movie because they're not just killing. There's rape in it. That There's a lot of that, at least like mentioned and sometimes shown. So yeah, it's like implied. brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought the, uh, the central storyline of the couple trying to get together it actually held up really well. It was super simple and... Mm they didn't spend a lot of time setting it up, but just did everything right to set that up, um, which is important. The villains in it are good as well. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, I thought this was a great one. I, I enjoyed every minute of it as much as you can watching something so horrible. But I, I agree with you with the the scene, the knife violence scene that you're referring to earlier. It seemed genuinely scary on a psychological way because of how quiet yeah. and yeah. Uh, quick it is. And it's yeah, like people you, don't notice it until it's too late, mm-hmm. basically. You know? Yeah, someone dying right next to them and they don't even notice yet. They don't they notice, and then sometimes like they don't even comprehend it because it's so insane to even understand. And that, and yeah. especially now with like all the fucking mass shootings and everything happening every week, it's like you see this shit and you're like, oh, this is hits real close to home in that sense. Yeah. Um, so let's get into some spoilers of it. Sounds like we both really liked it, but it's also, yeah, like a movie that is so intense. There's a limited audience for of friends that I'm going to recommend this to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, yeah, this is a movie where I, I wouldn't recommend it to m- most people. It's like 90% of people that I would talk to you about it, but I would, the people that like, I would eventually, I would definitely be like, there's this kind of stuff in it and this kind of stuff in it. So be prepared for that because it gets fucked up uh but yeah another thing too is that it really reminded me of like 28 days later and uh, for obvious reasons but also just like with how the story is about how scary the monsters are and then you know halfway through it's like we are the real monsters you know and all that shit with like every zombie movie this movie does it in real like subtle and creepy way where you're not quite sure anymore yeah. like who's actually infected yeah. while 28 days later has that but it uh-huh. is like the more like oh by the nature of man is makes you monster not like yeah not the fact that the mon- being a monster in that movie is such a razor thin difference yeah. between you being one and not yeah Oh, let's get into some spoilers. I say go check it out. It is on Shudder, and I always yeah, say it's on Shudder. Shudder is is worth it. Yeah, they're, time after time, they just keep releasing hits, man. Really good stuff. So many good original movies, and always updating their library. Today, actually, Brain Damage. They just put that back on. Oh. I would highly recommend Brain Damage. Uh there is a scene where a girl gives the guy head, but he's infected with this parasite and his dick oh, no. is the parasite in that scene. So pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into it. So the knife scene in the subway is just like brutal. So bloody. So yeah, yeah that one was creepy. And dude, I hate taking the subway. I take it. I don't take it as much uh, anymore, but I take it frequently Uh around L.A. There's a decent Uh underground uh, train service, but it would always freak me out because earthquakes, for one, two, everybody there is acting so sketch, and then you're just like in this box stuck. So I was like, I hate this so much. (laughs) Uh um yeah even like the first scene where the boyfriend looks out his his balcony and sees that that uh infected person on a rooftop yeah is like so scary already it did a great job like, of uh, like raising that tension of like mm-hmm. oh fuck you know as viewers we're like we know what the fuck that yeah, is it's already over yeah. yeah you're already fucked dude um yeah um the villain that chases the main uh, girl in the movie is also really great as this deranged old man that yeah that's a psycho that oh type of character never gets old as far as like making your blood boil and making you yeah nervous and hate him the yeah. guy who like because it's so real like ever if you have a girlfriend who if you're if you're not a certain type of guy, you probably have a girlfriend who told you stories about these guys. And if she hasn't, then you might be one of these guys. Just so ask her. Yeah. Right now, girl. While she's reading a book. <laughs> um oh the other thing too actually is the scene the scene where he fucking skull fucks 
that girl. Okay, yeah. that's really brought me out of it. Okay, there's a there's a bone in your eye socket mm-hmm. that would tear a penis if you tried to fuck an eye. Although I will defend the movie, they do. He probably would like that. Yeah, he's like, ooh, it hurts my dick. This is great. Yeah, but but I would like the movie to show that. Yeah, yeah, show his fuck because that dick. would make it more cool. He's like, That's he true. pulls his dick out, it's cut up, and he's just laughing with it in yeah. his hand or something. Yeah. You know, you're like, yes, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that oh man, yeah. So like the first scene in that in that uh of the kills where the old woman like dumps the hot oil on the guy, yeah, that and looks rips so his good. skin off. It looks so fucking good, yeah. That that was, was like, like, yeah, that was the scene I was referencing where I was like, that I felt in uh-huh. good hands, like, oh, they're yeah. gonna do fucked up shit, and yeah, they know and it's how. Gonna look great. Yeah, there's like, there's such. I think the, uh, the just the imagery of like, the eyes with people's like faces covered in blood, but they're also still smart, is what mm-hmm. is really terrifying. It's like. They found they were like, you know, 28 days later, zombies are scary because they have that rage. But then these characters have the intelligence and that makes it even more terrifying. Yeah. Uh, because it's essentially like any slasher movie where everyone is the slasher, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, this uh, is yeah. And you could become one. Yeah. And, and they just cough on you and you become one, too. Yeah, the uh, it reminds me also of the Forever Purge, um, yeah. but those people really had no excuse of a disease. Like they're just like, oh, we're just <laughs> yeah. It's them. funny, like they they meet the people from this movie with the sadness, and then mm-hmm. they're like, they don't even bother to infect them. They're like, oh, we're good. We're both yeah. the same. <laughs> Let's go kill these people. Uh, re- I am reading a book uh, right now called "And Then I Woke Up" by who is it? Uh, Malcolm Devlin. And it's about something similar where there's a virus that makes certain people believe a false narrative. And because it's, it, it ends up being the same narrative just because of the people there. Like they uh-huh. think that people are turning into monsters and killing people, but really they are killing people. Okay. There's no yeah. monsters. Um, so it feels like there's this theme. To the monsters, we're the monsters. Yeah. Right, Joe? That's it. That's it. This is the theme. Uh, I think this is the theme of like the last eight years. Really? <laughs> um, you're see- I think we're going to see more movies. Even the a movie I wrote that I'm trying to get off the ground is about that, this similar type of thing. Um, uh-huh. I think it's just something that really does scare us because we could easily be the killer as much as we could be someone getting killed. Uh, yeah, because like, uh, it's like that movie Mom and Dad. It's the same. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah. And then they could do a crossover called The Dadness. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, what else is. Oh, so yeah, at the end when she meets a scientist. Yeah. And then you find out this scientist has had, uh, injected babies with the virus to figure out if he could see if they're immune to it as well mm-hmm. and then killed all of the babies yeah and and but he's not infected but he might as well be right because he's just mm-hmm. doing the most inhumane shit and he still has a fucking conscience somehow uh that shit was really good and really crazy and that's what reminded me of like the end of uh 28 days later but like i said that's like every other zombie movie anyways but but yeah, that was cool. The fact that the main character was immune was interesting. Or possibly immune. Yeah, was she? I thought yeah, I, the really haunting final shot of her when she's crying. And then yeah. starts to almost laugh. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, and then, and then uh, yeah, so at the end there, the it turns, she closes the door, it's black. And then that's gunfire, right? That you hear? Yeah. So it's like they just sh- lit her up and. Yeah, to where, like, hey, that question of was she infected or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We're killing people. She's Swiss cheese. I am a team doctor, though. I think uh, he's fucked up, but it's like, 
Uh, you're trying to save the world. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I, I understand where he's coming from, but I think uh, if if you could um, test those babies, I'd imagine you would just pull some of their blood samples and then mix that with the the virus impure, and then see if it actually affects it i don't know without having to murder them. i will trust that the scientist <laughs> i trusted fauci look where that got me <laughs> and that's what that's part of the commentary of this movie you know they don't trust doctors yeah. anymore it's just trust him man uh oh man i really okay when she kills the old man with the the uh fire extinguisher like mm-hmm. best scene but also, like, very surprising to me because I didn't think he was going to die that early, even yeah. though that's, like, pretty much the end of the movie. But it was surprising because you'd think, like, this fucker is going to be there till the bitter end. Yeah, yeah. And He's going to come back. And then she kills him, and it it makes it more awesome because you're like, fuck, that's really badass that she just fucking yeah. takes him out like that. And, and then they really show you her smashing his head in, and you're like, yes, this is, this is great. Yeah, I appreciated that a lot. Yeah, that definitely subverted my expectations. Um, and then I love when the doctor gets his foot cut off by yeah. the axe, and then the other guy throws up on his foot. Yeah, it was so that was like amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's like they're such assholes. <laughs> yeah, like you could just spit. But somehow he can like on on command projectile vomit yeah, on the like, foot. This is, this is sick. It's like ten times more gross. Oh man, I love that move too. Of uh, there's a movie. Gosh, I wish I remembered what it was called. Um, but it's about a hitman, and he actually fights a bunch of other hitman that he was on a team with, and one of them is the Black Power Ranger, who does use breakdance shooting. Um. <laughs> oh, like the the actual original Black Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach from right. uh, mm-hmm. the show. Oh, uh, and he does like yeah. He just like hand spins and handstands and is firing his gun. But there's a guy. <laughs> one of the guys. He's uh one of the hitman does exactly that. He's standing like by the across the wall, the corner of the wall. Like I'm gonna kill you, but his foot's coming out of it. So the uh-huh. the main character just walks up right and to him and shoots him in the foot and then the guy goes ow and bends over and then he shoots him in the head <laughs> i was like this is so sick and stupid like never poke your foot out never i wish i remember what that movie it's a really bad movie and a problematic movie but that's what makes it so good like one of those movies that plays played at HBO on at like 3 a.m. for two years straight. <laughs> Let's see. Oh yeah, yeah, that was just always. Yeah, the shittiest, shittiest movies were at that time, or probably Cinemax at 3 a.m. All right. What else? Anything else about the sadness? Um. Not that I can think of, really. Yeah, I would say I would encourage anyone to just go check it out because it is a true gore fest um, with a good heart and story to it, too. Even if it's not exactly a pretty ending. Yeah, if you like, yeah, 28 Days Later, I feel like this is going to be more violent but is it will be in HD. So yeah, it won't be freaking HDX camera or whatever the hell. <laughs> digital 8. I think it was digital yeah. 8. Yeah. Unfortunately. Rough. It's it's great that they got to uh save money, but for future viewing, it's sad that it's stuck. Yeah, never going to look that great. Going to look Worse than like a movie from nineteen forty. It, it looks worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that's our review of the sadness. Hope you enjoy it, uh, Chris. What's coming up next week? 
So next week. I thought I saw something coming up that looked interesting. We got Pleasure, the movie about porno is coming out. Men should be coming out. Soon. Oh, Men comes out. Dude, my calendar is like. Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Yeah, Men I'm excited for. Um, get that release date. What's going on? Here? May 20th. Yeah, that's that's next week. So I imagine we'll be checking out Men. I love checking out Men. <laughs> Set ourselves up for it. Um, cool. So yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my calendar is busted. It won't open. It's so annoying. Oh well. I know that there was something else there. But... Top Gun. No, that's in two weeks. Oh, Jackass. Jackass four point five. Oh, very cool. Out. So Jackass four point five, and also Love, Death, and Robots season three. So both on, and both of those are coming out on Netflix. Obviously, Love, Death, and Robots, but for some reason, Jackass four point five is coming out on Netflix. That's instead really of Paramount strange. Plus. Yeah, yeah. Paramount Plus, you had one job. Yeah. To show your Paramount content. <laughs> and you can't forget, uh, Super Pets comes out. Too. Oh man, the DC I so movie. don't give a shit about whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. that is. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine giving a shit about that. Like if if I didn't see bad guys, I'm definitely not gonna fucking see Superman. Yeah, but The Rock is Superman. I don't care. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we'll be checking out Men and a couple of those things. Y'all take it easy yeah. in your movie watching. Bye.